0: In Ephesians 5 and verse 15. See that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise. Redeeming the times because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit being filled with the spirit <clears throat> notice notice he compared being drunk with alcohol He compared, there's a comparison and some things that may look similar to people that are filled with the Spirit and somebody that's drunk with wine or strong drink. In um, Acts chapter 2, there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born, Parthians and Medes and Inlites and? those dwelling in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Pergamum and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own own tongues the wonderful works of God. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God so they were all amazed and perplexed saying to one another whatever could this mean others were mocking them and they said they're drunk Ephesians said don't be drunk but be filled with the spirit here it said they were filled with the spirit speaking the Amazing and wonderful things of God and others were mocking him saying they're drunk. So I was thinking about those two passages of Scripture and I was thinking what does somebody that's drunk that's inebriated have in common with somebody that's filled with the Spirit? And it just went through my mind and I started thinking about it. Some of the best psychiatrists are bartenders. But a bartender will never talk to a non-drunk person. Somebody that's not drinking, a bartender's not going to talk to. him. They got nothing to say. But when a person's under the spirits and they're drinking... Number one, they say a lot of things they wouldn't say when they're not. And number two, they do some crazy things that they wouldn't do when they're not. So what they were seeing was not people falling all over themselves necessarily. They were seeing people say some things that they wouldn't normally say. And they saw some people acting, having corresponding actions and doing things that they wouldn't normally do. And if you and I, no, not if, because I think most everybody that I can actually see in here, everybody here, most everybody is born again. And to be born again To be filled with the Spirit, you've got to be willing to say some things that you wouldn't normally say. That your natural mind would try to talk you out of and tell you that, you know, there's there's nothing, there's no reason to say that. Uh, What are people going to think? On the day of Pentecost, they didn't care what people thought. You and I are coming to a place in our lives where we don't care what other people think. We don't say things to offend people. Because that goes against the word. You don't say things to be ugly to people, to offend people, just for the sake of offending them. But certain things that you might say that people need to hear need to come out of somebody that's filled with the Spirit. When you're not filled with the Spirit, you're going to say what you'd normally say. But when you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to say things and act like you would if you were inebriated. And you're going to find yourself doing some things that God wants you to do that your natural mind may say, that's crazy. You should never do that. But faith does what God says and is not moved and intimidated by what other people think when you're in faith in God. So, last week we were talking about in our series, as we are tonight, we were talking about <clears throat> Three different gifts—the gifts that say something: tongues, an interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. We talked about that and went into it a little bit <clears throat> last week, and so <clears throat> tonight I think it just worked out that way. <clears throat> I want to—I want to demonstrate some things regarding the Spirit of God, because I want you to have things happen in your life from here on that you've never seen happen before. And to do that, you're going to have to do some things you've never done before. We've settled this in these teachings on Wednesday night, that these, these gifts are not really gifts, they're manifestations. And there is as the Lord wills them. So, my encouragement is not for you to try to work something up. My encouragement is for your life to be open to be used by God. Because when you're used by God and when God can trust you and He can flow through you so there can be manifestations of the Spirit through you to other people, things will happen not only through you to others, but they'll happen in your life. And actually, first, they'll happen in your life before things can really happen through other people. You have to be willing, as I just got through saying, you have to be willing to say things you've never said and do things you've never done. So in 1 Corinthians 14, where we were, I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture And we're going to just demonstrate some of what 1 Corinthians 14 is talking about. Paul said, pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts, which that word, again, is not there, spiritual manifestations, but especially that you may prophesy. The word prophecy is defined as speaking as the oracles of God. You're you're speaking as though God would speak. Now, in um, verse 6, he says this in chapter 14. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? We have to understand that what prophecy is, is God speaking to you in one of these forms or one of these manners right here. I'm just taking, just off the top of my head, taking this example. The title of my message from Sunday was what? Huh? Unhindered. The subtitle was what? Truth or Tradition. tradition. What I shared on that was prophetic to you. It was a prophetic word. It It was prophecy through teaching. Notice there's prophecy through other forms, but that word on Sunday was one that goes after every a lot of demonic things in the church world based on traditions. We hold on to traditions, but the traditions make the word of God of no effect and no power. There's no strength. Nothing's happening. That was prophecy through teaching, through preaching, ministering the word. He said here in verse 2, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. We talked last week, and then I want to show you a couple things here and the importance of it. But when you pray in other tongues, you are building yourself up And making yourself aware of how God wants to use you. When you pray in other tongues. God wants to use you. When you believe in praying in other tongues, it builds you up. To prophesy in a group of people like right here. To prophesy is to speak as the oracles of God. Am I prophesying to you in what I'm teaching? When I gave you those two points, I gave you those two points about someone drunk that's compared to someone that's filled with the Spirit. That's a prophetic word. God wants you, if you have a past or you have a life in alcohol or those kind of things or anything that you'd be filled up with and how you, you can be affected by that, how God wants to use you in the same way to be filled with His Spirit. In my 40 years of salvation, there's a lot of things that tried to fill me up in the natural realm. A lot of natural things like alcohol or drugs or whatever it was. But also, different hobbies that I had tried to fill me up. And, and, and when I was filled up with something other than the things of the Spirit, I'd find myself saying things that I wouldn't normally say and doing things I wouldn't normally do. God doesn't want, when it comes to the things of God, for us to be shut down and just doing the norm and the regular. He wants us doing things and saying things that we wouldn't normally say. To where our life gets wrapped up in the spiritual part of our life becomes the norm being filled with the spirit becomes the norm I can't live a day without praying in other tongues and building myself up and being ready and prepared to be used by God at every minute of every day being used by God is not just a one-time thing or something you know when I heard a good message or you know I had a good day or a great day and I'm I'm all excited it's not about your flesh it's not about excitement just in the flesh It's about being excited on the inside, being built up on the inside. God wants to use us. He said in verse 13, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit... And I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he did not understand what you were saying? For you indeed give thanks well, but, other, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, yet... Yet, in the church, in the gathering, I would rather speak five words with my understanding than I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So everything I read tonight, everything that I read tonight, had to do with about being filled with the Spirit. And you will never be filled up with the Spirit if you don't pray with other tongues. But in the church, what God wants is for us to be able to gather. And when something is spoken, it's being spoken from somebody that's already filled up. The church is not the place to catch up on your lack of prayer. The church is a place to come and to be built up, to be encouraged, to go out there and do the same thing every day. Let's be built up. Same way you get up and you put your clothes on and you go to work every morning, get up every day with the word coming out of your mouth, praying in other tongues and being built up and ready to be used by God in any and everything that goes on. I don't care what it is. So, if I Based on what the word says right here, I'm just gonna give you, we're gonna do a couple little practices tonight, and I want you to think about this. If I'm gonna pray in other tongues, what we just read, and we'll, we're, we're gonna look at this probably, we'll, we'll tie it into some other things that we're gonna talk about. But if I'm gonna pray in other tongues, God doesn't want my tongues to just be some monotonous sound that I'm making. There's an interpretation to my tongues, personally, and then there's a tongue with an interpretation for other people. But that tongue interpretation is the same thing as prophecy because the interpretation of a tongue is now speaking as the oracles of God. Now you're speaking what God wants spoken. But the way you get to a place where you can be confident of what God is saying is by praying in the Spirit and building yourself up to that place of knowing that God wants to say some things to you. Now listen to me. If you don't ever come to a place where you believe God's trying to get something over to you, you'll never pursue it. You'll never pursue it and you'll never believe that you can hear the voice of God. I have to say that a good majority of Christians in the world have the attitude that you just never know what God's going to do. You never know what he's going to do, and you never know when he says something because people don't know how. They've never practiced and learned how to discern what's real and what isn't real, what's God and what's not God. Have you ever learned? Have you ever, as 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 we've been in, as we've gone to school at different times in our life, and you sat and you heard people teach things, and you heard stuff, and it didn't sound right, and you had to spend time at it, and you had to study it. If you were in math and you had to work problems out when you first looked at them, you're thinking, "What? How does that make sense?" And the more you study it and you practice it, it becomes real. When 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 I first started in algebra, I thought, you know, what is this from China? I can remember thinking, what's this? Doesn't make any sense. What do you mean the power to this, to that, and to these others, and bring all this together, and it comes out, and it's two. What? There's 900 equations, and the answer was two. What? But when you learn the formula, it just clicks. And somebody that knows the formula can look at what you did. Oh, you didn't didn't do that because they know the formula. Am I right? All you math majors, right? I don't like math, but I started liking algebra. That's what it is with God. You just learn the pattern and you get in it and there's no end to what can happen.